ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we've been discussing the conditions of la ilaha illallah shurut la ilaha illallah and we've mentioned the first three conditions now the first of those was knowledge and then after that we covered also Certainty was the second condition. And the third one, ikhlas, sincerity. So now we move on to the fourth principle or the fourth condition from the conditions of the shahada. And that fourth condition is al-sharq al-rabi' al-sidq al-munafi lil-kathib al-mani' min al-nifaq. Truthfulness which negates lying and deception and that truthfulness it prevents you from hypocrisy so one of the conditions of la ilaha illallah is that a person is upon truthfulness regarding his testimony such that it blocks out any hypocrisy because as we will come to see the hypocrites at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they used to proclaim the shahada upon their tongue, but they had no truthfulness in what they were saying. They had no truthfulness in what they were saying. In reality, they were upon nifaq. So the Shaykh says, وَدَلِيلُ الصِّدْقِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى The evidence for this truthfulness that is required is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Alif Lam Mim Ahasiban Nasu an Yutraku an Yakulu Amanna wahumla yuftanun Wala kadfatanna ladhina min kabalihim Falaya lamanna Allahul ladhina sadaku Walaya lamanna al kadhibin do the people think that they will be left to simply say we believe and they will not be tested allah says do the people think that they will just be left to say that they believe and they won't be given any trials or tests rather we tested those who came before them in order that allah knows amongst them who are truthful and who are the liars of course allah already knows but the meaning of that to make apparent amongst the people who are the truthful ones and who are not. So these tests and these trials that overcome the people, they bring out the truthful ones from the liars and the hypocrites. Also, the statement of Allah, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٍ فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا 
ولهم عذاب أليم بما كانوا يكذبون <coughs> In this ayah Allah mentions or in these ayat that there are some people who say we believe in Allah on the day of judgment and they are not really believers they attempt to deceive Allah and those who actually believe but in reality they are not deceiving anyone except themselves and they don't realize it in their hearts is a disease so Allah increases them in that disease in that illness and they have a severe punishment for what they used to lie for the lies that they used to make those hypocrites pretending to be upon Islam pretending that they believe in Allah and the day of judgment and in reality they are not believers attempting to deceive Allah and the other true believers and in reality they are only deceiving themselves and they don't realize so for them in their hearts they have a disease Allah increases them in that illness and there will be a severe punishment for them for the lies that they were upon also from the sunnah ma thabata fi sahihain عن معاذ بن جبل رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من أحد يشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله صدقا من قلبه إلا حرمه الله على النار There is not a person who testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the servant and messenger of Allah truthfully from his heart except that Allah will make the hellfire haram upon him the hellfire will be made haram upon him meaning he cannot enter the hellfire he will go to paradise the one who testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the servant and messenger of Allah truthfully from his heart so these are the evidences for this particular condition that truthfulness is required, truthfulness in that testification. So now to come to the explanation of these evidences. First we have that ayah that do the people think they will just be left to say we believe and they will not be tested or tried? Indeed we tested those who came before them in order that it be known to Allah who the truthful are and who the liars are. So here in this ayah, Al-Imam Al-Baghawi, one of the great scholars of the past, he gives the tafsir of this ayah. What does it mean? So, Alif Lam Mim Ahasib Al-Nas, Yani Adhan Al-Nas, do the people think, and yutraku, that they will just be left, بغير اختبار والابتلاء, without any test, without any trial, do people think they will just be left on this earth without any tests, without any trials? And yaqulu that they can just simply say, Amanna wahum la yuftanun. That they can just say, We believe, we believe, we have iman. Do people think they will just be left like that? There won't be any tests, there won't be any trials that come to them in their wealth, in their health, in their relatives, in different things. Do people think that no test will come to them? They can just say we are believers and that's it. Rather, we will certainly test them. So that it becomes apparent from amongst them 
who is the sincere one from the deceptive ones? Who are the sincere ones from the hypocrites and deceptive ones? These tests and trials and the people bring out the reality of people. And the truthful one will be made apparent and clear from the lying one. The people, they think they won't be tested. How? Tests will come. Commandments and prohibitions. They are forms of tests. Commandments and prohibitions. Commandments and prohibitions that you are tested by to see if you will stick to the commands and if you will stay away from what is haram. That's a test on the people. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ أَمَرَهُمْ فِي الْإِبْتِدَاءِ بِمُجَرَّدِ الْإِيمَانِ Because at the beginning, at the beginning of Islam, all that was required was iman. Initially, all that was required of the people was just iman. Because at the beginning of Islam, zakat hadn't started yet, prayer hadn't even started yet, all these other rulings, they weren't there right at the beginning of Islam. They came throughout the life of the Prophet ﷺ as the revelation was coming. Zakat and fasting and all these things came years later on. So in those early years, all these other things weren't prescribed yet. So what was upon the Muslims to have to do? They had to be upon Iman. That was the requirement. وَذَٰلِكَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ أَمَرَهُمْ فِي الْإِبْتِدَاءِ بِمُجَرَّدِ الْإِيمَانِ ثُمَّ فَرَضَ عَلَيْهِمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَالزَّكَاةِ Then after that, initially all that was required was Iman. Then after that, the ruling of the prayer, the ruling of zakat, and all of these other things came. وَسَائِرُ الشَّرَائِعِ فَشَقَّ عَلَىٰ بَعْضِهِمْ So it became difficult upon some of them. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهِ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ So then Allah revealed the ayah. When all these other revelations came, all these other rulings came, and it started to become a bit difficult upon some, then the ayah was revealed. وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ We have tested those who came before you. Those who came before you were tested too. Who? الْأَنْبِيَاء وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ The prophets and the believers who came before. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ نُشِرَ بِالْمِنْشَارِ There were those who were cut in half with sores. There are stories mentioned about the imams and the great uh, the prophets and the believers of the past. Stories of how some of them, they stuck to their iman. And as a consequence, the disbelievers, they cut them with the saw. There are stories of that. And some of them were actually murdered, killed for being upon iman. And if you look at the story of the believers who were with Musa alayhi salam from Bani Israel, they were tested by Pharaoh. Pharaoh, what he did to them, how he would kill their male children. They would kill all of the babies that were born males. 
the females that were born, they would let them live. But Pharaoh had sent people to guard over and to keep a watch over the pregnant women. Whenever someone gave birth, if it was a boy, Pharaoh would tell his commanders to go and kill him. That boy would be killed. Because Pharaoh had found out that there is going to come a prophet. There is going to be a prophet who comes soon. And that prophet will be the downfall of Pharaoh. So Pharaoh decided in that case, every new baby boy that is born will kill them so that this prophet never comes. But everybody knows the story how Musa salam was born and his mother put him in the, in the, uh, the cot crib thing into the Nile and then it floated away and the family of Pharaoh found him and Musa salam was raised in the household of Pharaoh. So at that time, they faced a difficulty from Pharaoh. And even to the end when Pharaoh was chasing them and Musa salam came to the Red Sea with the people and they were wanting to kill them. But Alhamdulillah, as it is mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved the believers, saved Musa salam and Fir'aun and those uh, with him were killed. So then Allah says, indeed we tested the people who came before you. So that Allah knows who are the truthful ones. Of course Allah already knows, but the meaning is to make them apparent. To make it obvious to everybody, this one is truthful, this one is not. And that the ones who are liars and deceitful, they become known. They become apparent. So these tests, they occurred. And it is not the case that anybody can say that we will just be left to do as we want. Just say you are a believer and that's it. Rather, Allah tests the people with these trials and these tribulations and those who came before us were tested the likes of the prophets and the messengers and these tests they highlight who is firm on the religion and truthful and who are the deceitful ones they they become clear with these tests then there was the second ayah وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ There are those who say we believe in Allah and the last day. This is Allah telling us that some of the munafiqeen, they used to do that. هذا إخبار من الله جل وعلا عما درج عليه المنافقون من إظهار الإيمان بألسنتهم وإضمار الكفر في قلوبهم مخادعة لله زعموا والمؤمنين كي يغتروا بهم ويركنوا إليهم والنتيجة العكسية لهذه المراوغة هي خداعهم أنفسهم أنفسهم ولكنهم لا يشعرون بذلك لفرض جهلهم وخبث طويتهم والباعث لأولئك على هذا التلون والكذب هو الشك في قلوبهم مرض فزادهم الله مرضا فالجزاء من جنس العمل So those people, the hypocrites, the munafقين of that time they used to pretend to be Muslims and in reality they were not. They used to pretend to be Muslims and they were not. They were actually opposed to Islam. They were opposed to the message. And we've mentioned before some of the events that occurred with those munafiqeen. The famous event regarding Masjid al-Dirar 
how the munafiqeen on one time, they built a mosque even. The munafiqeen, the hypocrites built a mosque. But the reason why they built that mosque, not because they wanted to worship Allah, they didn't believe in Islam in the first place. But they built the mosque as a cover. So they could use it as a meeting place to make their plans against the Muslims. They didn't want to meet up in somebody's house all the time. Everybody would get suspicious. So they built a mosque. Nobody gets suspicious if people go to the mosque and they sit and have gatherings. Everybody thinks it's knowledge. They're doing Quran. They're doing lessons. Nobody gets suspicious about gatherings in the mosque. So they thought to themselves, those hypocrites at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they'll build a mosque and that will be their cover. They can get together as much as they want, make their plans, nobody will get suspicious. On top of that, they even invited the Prophet ﷺ to come and pray in the mosque. Because if he came and prayed in the mosque, that would be like the seal of approval. Nobody would ever get suspicious then. If anybody got suspicious, they'd say, what are you talking about? The Prophet ﷺ came and prayed in this mosque. So they invited him to come. But at that time, he was away in a battle. So he sent a message back to them saying that when we get back, inshallah, I'll come and pray in the mosque. So as the Prophet ﷺ, when he finished that battle and he was coming back to Medina, and he was maybe two or three days of traveling away, two or three days left until they arrived in Medina, then the ayat were revealed in the Quran. The revelation came. لا تقوم فيه أبدا Do not stand within it ever. Talking about this Masjid al-Dharar, the mosque that they had built, which was really not a mosque, it was for their base to make the plans. The ayah came in the Quran telling the Prophet ﷺ, don't pray there. Explaining and exposing those munafiqeen. So then the Prophet ﷺ sent some of the companions or some of the, uh, uh, those who were with them, sent them to go ahead of him quickly, and they went ahead, and they were commanded by the Prophet ﷺ to go and destroy that place. So they went and they destroyed it down to the ground. And then it's mentioned in the books of history that the people who lived in that area, which was near Quba, they used to use that place as a garbage tip afterwards, the place where the munafiqeen had tried to build this uh, gathering place of planning. So this was the munafiqeen, and there are other narrations of how they used to go out to battle, but on the way they would turn their backs and run away. Munafiqeen, they were not upon the reality of Tawheed, they were not upon Islam, they were upon their shirk. So it's mentioned in this ayah, There are some people who say we believe in Allah on the last day. This is what the munafiqeen used to say upon their tongues, we believe in Allah, we believe in the last day. But in their hearts, they used to conceal kufr, thinking they thought this was a good plan because they thought they were tricking the believers. They thought they could deceive Allah and the believers. Yet Allah is aware of what is within their hearts and they had a disease in their hearts. And so Allah increased that disease in their hearts. Allah increased that disease in their hearts as a punishment upon them in this world and in the hereafter they will have an even greater more severe punishment where Allah mentioned that the hypocrites will be in the lowest pits of the fire. 
This is another ayah in the Quran where Allah speaks about these types of people. When they deviated, then Allah deviated their hearts further. Allah does not guide the wrongful people. And as for their punishment in the hereafter, then as Allah mentioned, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْذِبُونَ They will have a severe punishment for the lying that they used to be upon. وَنَظِيرُ مَا قَصَّهُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي آيَاتِ الْبَقَرَ هَذِهِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ سُورَةِ النِّسَاء إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ خَادِعُهُمْ وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كسالا يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مُذَبْذَبِينَ بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ لَا إِلَهَا أُولَاءِ وَلَا إِلَهَا أُولَاءِ وَمَنْ يُذْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُ سَبِيلًا In these ayat in Surah An-Nisa, Allah speaks about the munafiqeen also. That the munafiqeen, they attempt to deceive Allah, but rather Allah is the one who has deceived them, meaning that they have ended up deceiving themselves. They think they are deceiving Allah, but they are the ones themselves who are deceived, thinking that they can try and hide their kufr in their hearts and pretend to be Muslims. That is known to Allah. And Allah mentions about them, when they used to stand to pray, because they were pretending to be Muslims. And why did they used to do that? Because they thought that this would give them more protection. They were afraid, because all of Medina was Muslims now, so they thought this would be better to pretend to be Muslims and be like them as well. So they used to stand in prayer, but when they used to stand in prayer, When they would stand in prayer, they would stand with laziness. Only to show the people, look we're praying. Just to show the people and carry on the pretense that they are Muslims, they would stand and pray in that lazy manner. وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And they do not remember Allah except a little. مُذَبْذَبِينَ بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ لَا إِلَهَا أُولَاءِ وَلَا إِلَهَا أُولَاءِ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُ سَبِيلًا So they are wavering neither here nor there and whomsoever Allah misguides then none uh, or you will not find for that person a path. You will not find for that person a pathway the one whom Allah misguides. Al-Sheikh Abdurrahman ibn Sa'di rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned Yukhbiru ta'ala anil munafiqeen bima kanu alayhi min qabih al-sifat wa shana'i al-simat Allah tells us about the evil and degrading characteristics that the munafiqeen were upon wa anna tariqatahum mukhada'at Allah ta'ala and that their pathway, their style, their methodology was to try and deceive Allah. بِمَا أَظْهَرُوهُ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ وَأَبْطَنُوهُ مِنَ الْكُفْرَانِ By pretending to have iman openly, but in secret, in their hearts, they were upon kufr. ظَنُّوا أَنَّهُ يُرَوِّجُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَلَا يَعْلَمُهُ وَلَا يُبْدِيهِ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالْحَالِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَادَعَهُمْ فَمُجَرَّدْ وجود هذه الحال منهم ومشيهم عليها خداع لأنفسهم وأي خداع أعظم ممن يسعى سعيا يعود عليه بالهوان والذل والحرمان. So they thought they were deceiving 
Allah and the believers, but the Sheikh says how great a, uh, uh, how great a deception it was upon themselves that in reality all of this returns to them in the end. That they are the ones who will be in that greatest of punishment in the hereafter uh, due to this deception that they attempted. وَيَدُلُّ بِمُجَرَّدِهِ عَلَى نَقْصِ عَقْلِ صَاحِبِهِ حَيْثُ جَمْعَ بَيْنَ الْمَعْصِيَّةِ وَرَآهَا حَسَنَةً وَظَنَّهَا مِنَ الْعَقْلِ وَالْمَكَرِ فَلِلَّهِ مَا يَصْنَعُ الْجَهْلِ وَالْخُذْلَانِ بِصَاحِبِهِ So they thought, or the very fact that they did this, it shows a deficiency in their minds. The very fact that they tried to do this shows a deficiency in their minds that they were committing this sin and they thought this was something good. They thought this was intellectual and they thought this was a good deception. And in reality, they were upon deception of themselves. So from the characteristics that Allah mentioned regarding them, وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ That when they stand to pray, and this is the greatest of the physical worships, standing to pray, قَامُوا kusala, They would stand in a lazy manner, because it was a great burden upon them. They didn't want to have to pray, they didn't really believe in Islam, so it was a great burden upon them. But when they would stand pretending they had to, it would be in a manner of extreme laziness because of this great burden upon them to do that. And this laziness and feeling this great burden only occurs when somebody loses his desire and the enthusiasm to worship Allah. The one who doesn't have that, then of course he's going to feel like this worship is just a great burden on him. فَلَوْلَا أَنَّ قُلُوبَهُمْ فَارِغَةً مِنَ الرَّغْبَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَإِلَى مَا عِنْدَهِ عَادِمًا لِلْإِيمَانِ لَمْ يَسْطُرْ مِنْهُمْ الْكَسَلِ So was it not for the fact that their hearts were empty? They had no desire for Allah, they had no desire to worship Allah or to get the reward from Allah. And they had no iman in their hearts. As a consequence of that is what brought about this laziness. Because of that this laziness arose and this great burden upon them that they felt arose. But the one who has that desire in his heart to worship Allah and the desire for the reward from Allah, then that person does not feel this laziness and this great burden in worship. Rather, he feels great sweetness in that worship. That they would show the people, showing to the people that they are upon Iman and in reality they were not, of course. This was the source of their actions, the origin of their actions. They were only doing it just to show the people to pretend to keep it up that we're Muslims. That's what they wanted. They wanted people to see them. They just wanted the people to praise them and they wanted the people to uh, think that they were Muslims and they were not doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah. And due to this, they do not remember Allah except a little. Because their hearts were filled with wanting to just show off to the people. 
That was their objective, just to show the people that they are praying and they are Muslim. There was no other sincerity in their hearts. So they had no remembrance of Allah. Very little. لِامْتِلَاءِ قُلُوبِهِمْ مِنِ الرِّيَاءِ فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَمُلَازَمَتَهُ لَا يَكُنُ إِلَّا مِنْ مُؤْمِنِ الْمُمْتَلِئِ قَلْبُهُ بِمَحَبَّةِ اللَّهِ وَعَظَمَتِهِ A person who has a heart full of love and greatness and awe for Allah, that is the one who will stick to the remembrance of Allah. But for a person who in his heart it is empty, it is a void, there is no iman, there is no love for Allah, there is no awe and reverence for Allah, then that type of person will not remember Allah. So they were wavering, wavering between the two, neither with the Muslims in reality, they're not Muslims, and neither with the kuffar, because they were pretending to be Muslims. So they were in between, wavering here and there. So they were neither with the Muslims, because only apparently they were with the Muslims, not inwardly. And neither were they with the kuffar, because only inwardly they were with the kuffar, not apparently. So they were neither with this nor that. أعطوا باطنهم للكافرين وظاهرهم للمؤمنين أعطوا باطنهم للكافرين وظاهرهم للمؤمنين وهذا أعظم ضلال يقدر يقدر. So they gave their internal beliefs with the kuffar and they gave their external outside appearance with the believers. Inwardly they were with the disbelievers, outwardly they were with the believers. And that's why Allah says, وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُ سَبِيلًا Whomsoever Allah misguides, then you will not find any way for that person. لَنْ تَجِدَ طَرِيقًا لِهِدَايَتِهِ وَلَا وَسِيلَةً لِتَرْكِ غِوَايَتِهِ لِأَنَّهُ غَلَقَ عَنْهُ بَابَ الرَّحْمَةِ You will not find any way to guide that person, the one whom Allah misguides. And you will not find any way to remove him from his deviation and distortion. Because the door of mercy has been closed upon him. So the opposite is true for the believers. For the believers, the opposite is true. These are the characteristics of the munafiqeen, the hypocrites who have no truthfulness in their heart. The believers have to be opposite to that. The believers must have that truthfulness in their hearts. So that when they stand for the prayer, they stand with energy. Because they have the enthusiasm in their hearts. The zeal in their hearts that they want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the objective for them. So they are opposite to the munafiqeen. They are opposite to the hypocrites. And the believers, they remember Allah plentifully, a lot. As opposed to the hypocrites who barely remember Allah, barely do any remembrance of Allah. وَأَنَّهُمْ قَدْ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ وَوَفَّقَهُمْ لِلسَّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ فَلْيَعْرَضِ الْعَاقِلِ نَفْسَهُ عَلَى هَذَيْنِ الْأَمْرَيْنِ وَلِيَخْتَرْ أَيُّهَا وَلِيَخْتَرْ أَيُّهَا أَوْلَى بِهِ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانِ So Allah has guided them, the believers, and has given them success to be upon the straight pathway, 
So any intelligent person needs to put himself onto this scale and realize where is he. Does he belong with munafiqeen? Or is he with the believers? Is he with the believers with that uh, truthfulness in his heart? With that desire to worship Allah? Or is he with the characteristics of the munafiqeen where he has nothing in his heart and all of the worship is a burden upon him? Then you have the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiyallahu anhu where he mentioned مَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ صِدْقًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ إِلَّا حَرَّمَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّارِ That there is not a servant who states, testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Truthfully from his heart except that Allah will save him from the fire, that he will make the fire haram upon him. As Shaykh Ubaid, Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentions, He says, that is exactly as he has said, فَقَدْ أَخْرَجَ الشَّيْخَانِ بِرِوَايَةِ أَنَسْ عَنْ مُعَاذِ وَلَفْدِ الْبُخَارِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَ سَأَسَلَّمْ أُمَعَاذْ رَدِيفُهُ عَلَى الرَّحِلْ قَالْ on one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ was riding on an animal and Mu'adh ibn Jabal was riding on the same animal behind the Prophet ﷺ, sitting behind the Prophet ﷺ. فَقَالْ يَا مُعَادِ بَنْ جَبَلْ So the Prophet ﷺ said, Oh, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, قَالْ أَبَّيْكَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهُ وَصَعْدَيْكَ He said, I am here in your presence, ready to answer. قَالْ يَا مُعَادِ قَالْ أَبَّيْكَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهُ وَصَعْدَيْكَ Again he said, Oh, Mu'adh. Mu'adh said, I'm here, I'm ready to respond, I'm here in your service. قال ما من أحد يشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله صدقا من قلبه إلا حرمه الله على النار. Then the Prophet ﷺ told him that there is not a single person who testifies that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth and that Muhammad is the servant the messenger of Allah, truthfully from his heart, except that Allah will make the fire haram upon him. So then Mu'adh ibn Jabal said, قَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Shall I not go and tell the people and they will be given glad tidings with this? The Prophet said, in that case, they will end up relying on this. They will rely on this and depend on this and maybe they'll become slack in their worship and obedience. So he mentioned, do not tell them yet because they may become reliant. They may become dependent on this. And so they may become weak in their worship maybe. So do not tell them yet. So Mu'adh ibn Jabal didn't mention this hadith. So how do we know this hadith if he didn't mention it? He did mention it right at the end of his lifetime when he was about to die, then he said it. Because if he didn't say it then, the hadith would have gone. Nobody would have ever known the hadith then. So at the end of his lifetime, he told them then. He told them this particular hadith so that he doesn't conceal that knowledge. So the point of this hadith is, وَالشَّاهِدْ مِنَ الْحَدِيثِ قَوْلُهُ صِدْقًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ the point is here that the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever says the testification with truthfulness from his heart. قال الحافظ 
صِدْقًا فِيهِ احْتِرَازٍ عَنْ شَهَادَةِ الْمُنَافِقِ This therefore excludes the testification of a munafiq because the munafiq he testifies but without truthfulness from his heart. So here that condition takes away the munafiqeen out of it. Only the believers will be left inside because they are the ones saying it with truthfulness from their heart. وَبِهَادَ يَظْهَرْ لَكَ تَطَابُقْ الْحَدِيثِ مَعَ مَا أَوْرَدَهُ الْمُسَنِّفُ مِنَ الْآيَاتِ قَبْلَهِ عَلَى رَدِّ الشَّهَادَةِ إِذَا لَمْ يَجْتَمِعْ مَعَ لَفْضِهَا اِعْتِقَادِ الْقَلْبِ So this hadith and the ayat, they prove that the testification of a person is not accepted unless what he says is the same as his belief in his heart. The truthfulness in his heart, the belief, the sincerity is there alongside what he says. But if he's just saying it and the truthfulness and the belief isn't in his heart, then it's not acceptable. وَقَدْ أَكْذَبَ اللَّهُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَرَدَّ قَوْلَهُمْ تَصْرِيحِهِمْ And Allah declared the munafiqeen as liars, even though they were saying, we're saying it, لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They were declared as liars. Allah said in the Quran, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ That when the munafiqeen, they come to you and they say, we testify, you are indeed the messenger of Allah. And Allah knows you are the messenger. But Allah testifies. Allah testifies that indeed those munafiqeen are liars. So they were saying, we testify you are the messenger of Allah. But Allah said they are liars. Because in their heart they didn't believe. In their heart they had no truthfulness. Some of the other benefits that can be taken from this is that on occasion it is permissible for a teacher to specify some students for certain knowledge. Just like the Prophet ﷺ specified Mu'adh ibn Jabal for that knowledge. And also, أَنَّ الدَّرْءَ الْمَفَاسِدِ مُقَدَّمْ عَلَى جَلْبِ الْمَصَالِحِ وَمَرَدُّ ذَلِكَ إِلَى شَرْعِ إِلَى لَا إِلَى الْعَقْلِ وَمَعَ قِيَامِ الدَّلِيلِ الْقَطْعِي مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَسُنَّ عَلَى هَذَا الْجَانِبِ الْعَظِيمِ فَقَدْ غَفَلَ عَنْهُ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ مُسْتَعَانِ Also the principle that preventing harms is given precedence over bringing about benefits. So if you have a choice, you do a particular action and doing that action will bring about some harms, some evils. And at the same time, it will bring about some goods. What do you give precedence to? The principle says give precedence to preventing those harms from arising. Even if it means you have to forfeit this goodness. Preventing those harms from arising even if you have to forfeit the goodness. And the example is of this hadith where the Prophet ﷺ told Mu'adh ibn Jabal, don't tell them yet. There is goodness in the hadith, of course. But there is a harm which is that the people may rely upon it and depend upon it. So that is given priority. Stopping a harm from occurring is given priority to bringing about benefit. Another good example is the Kaaba. The Kaaba is not built upon its original foundations of Ibrahim. It's not built upon its original foundations. There is the semicircle that you see, that's where it's supposed to be up to. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith to Aisha radiallahu anha, was it not for the fact that the people are new 
new Muslims, etc. I would have taken the Kaaba down and built it again on the original foundations. So why did that not occur? Why didn't that happen? Because to bring about that benefit of building the Kaaba upon the original foundations, that's a benefit. But what's the harm that's going to occur? People are going to start making a chaos from it. You've knocked down the Kaaba. How dare you knock down the Kaaba? Everybody would make a huge fuss about it. There would be too much problems if you did that. So now to stop those problems from happening, happening is better. Leave it as it is. Leave the semicircle as it is. That's better. Stop those problems from happening. Leave it as it is. Rather than saying, well, we should build the Kaaba on the original foundation. Let's knock it down and build it again. If you knocked it down, people would start saying, you're a kuffar and you're this and you're that. How dare you knock down the Kaaba? So to stop those evils from occurring is better than to bring about those benefits. That's what's mentioned in the end. That's the end of that particular condition, the fourth condition, which is the condition of truthfulness. And the fifth condition we'll start with next week then is the condition of love. Al-Mahabbah lihadihi al-kalimah lima dallat alayhi wa sururu bidhalik. To have love for this testification and what this testification necessitates. To have love for the worship of Allah, to have love of the obedience to Allah, to have love for this tawheed that you are upon. Having love for all of that is one of the conditions of the shahada. And that's the condition we'll begin with then, inshallah, next week's lesson.